0: Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Last week, we saw two important life points from this study that we can apply to our lives. The first one was, light exposes darkness. Second one was, a father's faith in God must set the example for others. And what we saw was that Joseph had shown grace to his brothers who had been uh, opposed to him. Joseph showed grace to his brothers who had betrayed him, sold him into slavery. And uh, because of that grace he had extended to them, his brothers essentially were turning back to God. They, they were conscious and they were aware of what mistakes they had made and the wrongs they had done. And again, it was because of what Joseph had shown to them. Uh, I know that some of us look at that and we pray uh, that it would happen like that in the lives of some of our friends and our loved, one, loved ones, and we say, it's just not happening. I try to show them grace. I try to invite them. I try to be nice to them, and they never want to know anything more about Jesus Christ. They never want to come to church with me. Uh, I want to encourage you. This was many years that Joseph had been separated from his family. This was many years of, of again, having been abandoned and betrayed and, and, and living with all the things that he had le- lived with. Again, Potiphar's wife, being imprisoned, uh, being forgotten about, uh, in prison. Joseph had been through this for years. And so if you're saying, I've tried to be the light, I've tried to be kind, I've tried to show grace, I've tried to do all those things, and nothing's happening with my family, nothing's happening with my friends. Uh, I just, again, want to encourage you to continue steadfast in that. Uh, The circumstances, and this is interesting how God works too. It was the circumstances, the difficult circumstances in his family's life that brought them to Joseph, Right? We never know how God's going to work in our family and our friends' lives. Um, we say, man, I just wish they would, they would wake up. I just wish they would know how much God loves them and they would turn their life over to them. Again, circumstances is what brought them to Joseph. And it was in that moment that Joseph had the opportunity. He could show them grace. He could extend the things that, that God had extended to him. Or he could have done something else in his flesh and messed it all up. And so, uh, again, it was at that moment that God began doing this reconciling work. And uh, actually the process was through the circumstances leading up to this as well. So, um, But it was Joseph's God-honoring response in all of this that opened the door for what we've seen and what, what's about to happen. So uh, I want to pray, and we'll look at this this morning. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do in our lives and what you've already done this morning uh, thank you for the exciting things that are happening at Trinity Baptist Temple. Lord, we give you all the credit. It is you. Lord, you're you're uh, doing work in our lives and the faithfulness of so many in this church to share the gospel and to invite others, uh, the, the faithfulness of so many to serve and to serve with the right heart, uh, God, I believe that you are, are blessing and honoring and uh, Lord, as, as people are coming to this community, our, you know our heart's desire. We just want to be a blessing to them. Uh, we want to share the truth with them. And our prayer is that if they don't have a relationship with you through faith in Christ already, uh, that it would be something they could experience here. Uh, or at least we could be a part of that process. Um, and so, God, we again, we're just excited at what you're doing. And we ask you just continue to move now in the preaching of your word. And that you would just... Just have your hand on this place, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 43, verse 15, where we pick up, it says, and the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand. Now, if you weren't here, or if you forgot what happened, uh, the, the, the sons went back home. They, they found out that their money had been replaced, and, 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 and they were, like, st- troubled. They were scared. Oh, no, they, they're going to think that we stole from them. Uh, they go through the the situation with Jacob. Jacob finally comes around and says, "Fine, you can you can send Benjamin," uh, because of Judah stepping up and saying, "Look, you can blame me. You can put it on me if if, if we don't return with Benjamin." And so again, the brothers go back. Simeon's there in prison, and uh, now they're making their way back with extra money and with gifts in their hand. And so it says, and in, and in, uh, they took double the money in their hand. And Benjamin and Rose up went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with him, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and slay, not slay them, slay an animal, (laughs) and make ready. For these men shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's home. Now let's remember they have no idea it's Joseph, Joseph knows it's them. He sees now his, his younger brother, and he sees his older brothers that were mean to him and mistreated him and abandoned him and betrayed him and sold him and, and all those things, hated him and all those things. Now he's seeing them before his face. They haven't said, we're so sorry, because they don't know. Uh, and so he's there with simply some choices to make with these guys. And when he sees that, that his, his brother of, of his mother's, uh, the brother of his own mother, is with his other brothers, he says, you know, it is time to celebrate. It's time to dine. It's time to to be together. And so the first thing I want to look at this morning, the first life point there in your notes, is reconciliation is cause for rejoicing. Reconciliation is cause for rejoicing. Whether it be in an earthly relationship or a relationship with God, and some of you have experienced that before, maybe in your own family, You've been separated from a family member. You've, you've not been connected with them. You've not talked. And at that moment that you'll finally come back together and, and there's reconciliation and there's connection again, there's a rejoicing that goes on. And maybe you're in a situation now to where you have some family or you have friends or, or, or some, somebody in your life that is dear to you that you're not reconciled with. You know the the hurt, you know the disconnect, you know the discontent, you know all those things that go along with that relationship not being reconciled. And so, again, Joseph was in that place. And here is in this moment where he gives the grace, where he sees them come back, that he has the same opportunity. And in that opportunity, he extends the invitation for those who are unworthy to come dine with him. The ruler, the Lord of the land, you can come dine with me. Joseph, I believe, was ready. I believe Joseph had already forgiven his brothers before they even asked. I believe that his heart was already in a reconciled state. The reason I believe that is because his actions support that. He was at a place where he was ready for it to happen. He just wanted them to come back so it could happen. And I want to remind us all that that's where we're supposed to be as well. We are to be in a ready state of reconciliation. Maybe you say, but Kyle, you don't know what I've gone through. I, I don't, but God does. And God has put stories like this in his word, preserved it for thousands of years for us to remember that there is rejoicing when reconciliation goes on. It can happen. It's possible. That's what God wants. Unity, not division. That's what's supposed to define the people of God. Jesus prayed for it in John chapter 17, that we would be one as he and the fathers one. It's we all Wednesday night that we have communion. We have, we have unity. We have community with the Father because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because of the reconciling work that Jesus did on our behalf, we can have this communion with the Father. We no longer have to fear the Almighty God as a judge because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because of what he did on the cross and because of his resurrection, you and I can look at Almighty God who has all power and we can call him Father. We don't have to say, Judge, have mercy on me. He's already done the work and provided the way for us to be able to say, Abba, Father. We can enter into his presence because of that reconciling work. Only way that we can have that is if we're in that relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, When we surrender our lives to him, trusting Christ alone, his work on the cross, his bloodshed in our place, his resurrection from the dead, we can have a reconciled relationship with God. That's, That's cause to rejoice. That's a huge reason to say, man, praise God every single day of our life. Because here's the reality, no matter how hostile we've been against God, no matter how evil or wicked, no matter how far we were from God, no matter how bad, no matter how vile, no matter how gross, no matter how, again, ill we treated God himself, how ill we spoke of God himself. When we repented and we came to God in faith in Christ alone, trusting Christ, trusting his sacrifice, believing in his resurrection, the truth is this. We are accepted in the beloved. We are brought near to God. Not because of anything we did. Again, you could be the vilest person on the earth. Paul said that he was. He was the chiefest of sinners. He, he persecuted the very people of God. He killed them. And he said, I'm so unworthy. And yet Paul was used by God in a great way because he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. He was reconciled. But you and I, the same thing happens. You say, well, I wasn't that bad when I got saved. Yeah, you were. Maybe not in your own eyes. I was four years old. You were still bad. Four year four years olds are bad. <laughs> not my baby. I know. <laughs> but we were, we were separated from God. Nothing could help us. And Jesus reconciled us to God. We were brought into the very household of God. I want to say this morning, if you've never trusted Christ for salvation, you still have the opportunity today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And this truth that I just said is is the same for you. No matter how far you are from God right now, no matter how bad your life is, no matter how much wickedness you've done, no matter how much you've cursed God's name, no matter how bad you've treated others and treated God, no matter how vile and gross and sinful your life, life is right now, if you will repent, that means to turn away from that life of your own control, turn away from that life of sin. If you will turn away from that and turn to God, come to Him in faith. Same thing, trusting Jesus, trusting His sacrifice, for you, trusting his resurrection, you too will be accepted and beloved this day, in that moment. You too will be brought into the household of God. If you've never done that, do that today. I'm begging you. Again, you say, well, God, God can't forgive me. God can't, God can't pass over my, my sins. God can't uh, forgive me of all of the wickedness that's going on in my mind and my heart right now. You're limiting the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is, has power. Power to forgive, power to cleanse, power, power to be the substitute for all the sins of the world. Once we're made sons and daughters, we're also made representatives, which is amazing We are honored ambassadors, privileged to join in this ministry of reconciling others to God. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says. Look at it. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. It compels us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And if he died for all, that they which live should not from that point forward live unto themselves. But they are to live unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, or from this time forward, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth we know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Listen to these words. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You say, God can't forgive me. God can't give me a fresh start. God can't give me a new chance. That's what God's word says. He can. He makes all things new. Old things are passed. And you become a new creature in Christ. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. That's what I said. Jesus Christ did the reconciling work and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's phenomenal, right? We were the unworthy ones. We were the ones that were hostile against God, wicked against God. And when we repent, turn turn to, to God in faith, he not only makes us sons and daughters, but he makes us ambassadors and a part of this reconciling ministry. It says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He's given to us, he's committed to us, it's your job now to bring others back to God. And So he says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow. That's phenomenal to me. That these, these truths, not only reconciliation is cause for rejoicing, but, man, this is a ministry that we are privileged to share in. I, I don't deserve to, to do what I'm doing right now. You don't deserve to share the gospel with anybody. It's, it's, it's the power of God unto salvation. It, it's what has brought us all to faith in Jesus Christ. None of us, none of our lips, none of our vessels, our bodies are worthy to be used by a holy God. It's only because the reconciling work of Jesus Christ. It's only because the righteousness of Christ that we just read imputed to us that affords us this great privilege of being a part of telling others, hey, Jesus is the only way. That's a privilege. It's an honor to do that. Sometimes we are so afraid of it. Sometimes we shy away from it because it's, it can be intimidating. Sometimes we, we don't want to talk to other people about Christ because it's way harder to talk to them about Christ than it is about the weather or it is about sports or it is about their family or it is about their car being fixed or whatever. Why is it so hard to talk about the most important person? Why is it so hard to talk about the most important opportunity every person has? I will tell you one thing. I believe, the enemy of God does not want you to do it. And so he will try to make it as uncomfortable and as intimidating as it possibly can, can be. That's why I can sit down to a stranger uh, in a, at an automotive place or uh, any, anywhere in public, and, and there's a, a sports uh, on the TV, and we can strike up a conversation about sports without even knowing each other's name, Right? You can you can sit there and you can talk to somebody about the weather. If it's starting to rain outside, you can not even know the stranger's name, and you can be going to say, "Man, this weather here has been crazy, hasn't it?" I mean, a tornado come through the area. You can start talking to them about stuff, and it's not even a problem. But when you say, "Man, I, I would love to be able to share Jesus with them," all of a sudden, sweat, nervousness, tongue-tied, you don't know what to do. How do I even bring it up? You know. But it's a privilege. It's an honor. And that's life point number two, reconciliation, being reconciled and and trying to reconcile others to God is a humbling reality. As I said, it's it's a humbling reality. None of us deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't care how good of a Christian you've been. You still don't deserve in your own goodness to be a minister of reconciliation for the kingdom of God. None of us do. And so it's a humbling reality that we are called to be a part of this ministry of reconciliation. Look on with me, at verse 18, and the men were afraid because they brought into Joseph's house. they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time we're brought in. So again, they're afraid. The reason why we're being brought to his house now is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we came, and that he may seek occasion against us. And fall upon us and take us for his own bondmen or slaves and our asses. This is what he's wanting to do. He, he's wanting to bring us into his own house so that he can make us slaves and take all of our stuff. Because of what we've done wrong against him. His, what he's perceived that we've done wrong. I want to say this. It was so interesting. All that the brothers could see was their guilt. All the brothers could think of was their guilt and the judgment that they faced because of their guilt. But please listen, while that's all they could see, Joseph as, an, as a type, an Old Testament type of Christ as we've talked about, all he could see is the reconciliation that was ahead. They looked at, at him, he was the Lord of the land, all they could see was judgment, all they could see was their guilt, and yet Joseph as a type of Christ looked at them, and all he could see was the future With a reconciled relationship with him. Sacrifice was made. So they would come in and dine with him. Again, the Lord of the land. In his house. Those who were guilty against him were invited in. And it was because of everything that Joseph had done. I don't know if you're seeing the parallel in this, but it's amazing. The Old Testament parallel here is is amazing because the truth is this, a sacrifice was made for you and I. Those of us, all of us, who were hostile against God, guilty before him, if we were to look in the holiness of God... All we could see was our own sin, all our own righteousness. That's all we would be faced with. On judgment day, those without Christ will stand before God who is holy and righteous. And all they will be able to see is their own sin and wickedness. There will be no help or hope for them. But for those of us who have accepted the sacrifice, we were invited into the house to dine with him. I love the song, Come and Dine. The master calleth, come and dine. I don't deserve to be in his house. I don't deserve to sit at his table. I don't deserve to say his name. I don't deserve to be in his house, let alone a part of his family, let alone a part of uh, of being a reconciling member of his family. But he's made that way, and that's a humbling reality. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul spells it out to the Ephesians, you were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead. Your sins... we were just like every single other person who we say, well, they're probably going to hell because they live a really bad life. I mean, we make that judgment in our life based on what people do. We were in the same situation before Jesus Christ. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were given in to the desires of our body and our, and our mind. We were living for ourselves and living for sin. The Bible says we were slaves to sin before Christ. That was us. We we were just like the brothers. All All we had to say before our judge was, we're guilty. We have no excuse. We've betrayed you. We sold you out. We hated you. We were hostile against you. That's what the brothers did. That's what we did against God. And yet, just like Joseph, God has said, you know what? I've made a sacrifice, and I've invited you to my table, and I want you to sit and dine with me. It's an amazing, humbling reality. That's who we were, verse 4. I love that. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even... When we were dead in our trespasses, he's made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not on your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we're his work, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was us. But now in Christ Jesus You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, by the sacrifice. That was the open door. Joseph opened the door and said, make a sacrifice. There was a sacrifice made. It was Jesus Christ so that we could sit at his table. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two wow, this is giving me chills so making peace and might reconcile us both to god both those who are the commonwealth and those who are aliens thereby killing uh, i'm sorry he came and preached uh, peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near for through, through him and both uh, we both have access to in one spirit to fa- to the father so then you're no longer strangers and aliens but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure of the the, the building of God, the household of God, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Woo! Man, praise God. That is awesome. I love that. We don't deserve to be in his house, let alone be a part of his house. But it's because the sacrifice Jesus Christ made on our behalf, he has opened the door for us to say, come and dine. Come and dine. It's a humbling reality. It's not just about being in his house, but it's, again, this way that he has made for us to undeservedly be a part of bringing others in. How could we not praise him? How could we not join in the efforts of telling others, you got to come to see Jesus? you got to come to Jesus. Look back in our text and I'm almost done. We got lunch provided today anyway, so. Well, it's not provided, you got paid, but it's here. know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Verse, 40, uh, verse 19. So they went up to the, stewards, uh, to the steward of Joseph's house, so this is the brothers, and they spoke with him at the door. So the servant is at the door. Think about this. The servant of the Lord is at the door. These who are invited into the house begin to talk to the servant. And said, oh, my Lord, we came uh, down the first time to buy food, and, and we came to the lodging place. We opened our sacks, and there was each man's money in, in the mouth of a sack, and our money was in full weight. They began to try to plead their case with the servant. So we brought it again with us. Listen, you got to tell him, we, we've, we brought it back. We brought other money also with us to buy food. Listen, we we, we left with more money than we came with. Our, 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 I mean, our money was replaced and we had the food. But you got to tell the Lord that, that we, we brought the money back that was in our sacks to give back to him. And we've brought money to buy more food and we've brought gifts. We do not know who put money in our sacks. Listen to what the servant of the Lord says. He replied, peace to you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put treasure in your sacks for you. Wow, man. They didn't do anything to deserve it. They didn't earn the invitation. They didn't earn the treasure. It was given by God to them. They just simply had to go. They had to, they had to, to, to walk up to the house, walk into the, the door, and I, I praise God for servants who are willing to, to say the truth. I praise God for servants who are part of the reconciling process because the servant at this point in time could have done anything he wanted to do he could have struck more fear into them he could have pushed them away you're not worthy to be in this house you're not worthy to join this group of people he could have done anything he he, he wanted to do but at this moment he chose to be a servant of that Lord and he said listen you guys got to have peace you got to know God's worked on your behalf so that you can come in that's our job that's our job We've been given the same word of the gospel. The the, the prince of peace has departed this message. And it's absolutely, it's good news. That's what gospel means. That's our job is to tell other people who are separated from the Lord, other people who are not in the household of God right now, other people who aren't, don't realize that they've been invited, that there's a way for them to be in a relationship with the Lord. It's our job to tell them, listen, the way's already been made. God has treasure to put in your sack. You can't earn it. He did it for you. He said, I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. And when the man had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water and washed their feet, and when they had given their donkeys fodder, the the. the Food to eat. They prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought into the house, uh, they brought into the house to him to present. Uh, I'm sorry, the present that they had with them and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about the, where, the, the their welfare. Sorry, and said, "It's your, is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive?" And they said, "Your servant, our father, is well. He is alive." And they bowed down their heads and prostrated themselves. They were, they were flat on the ground. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest, youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered into his chamber, and he wept there. He was rejoicing over the reconciliation of his family. He couldn't contain it. That's God's heart towards us. He washed his face and he came out and controlling himself. He said, serve the food. They served him by himself and and them by themselves. And the reason why is the Egyptians ate by themselves. They thought it was an abomination to eat with uh, the the Hebrews. Verse 33, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in amazement. I don't know about you, but man, I, 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 I long for the day that we as a church, as the people of God, maybe we would just stand in amazement that that we're the people of God. Man, we don't deserve it. He, he's here today. He's in our presence. We were singing and lifting him up and, and his spirit was moving and he's here now and he's, he's revealed himself through his word and, 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 and he's present. We should stand in amazement that God is here, that we are his people. He's invited us in. We are sit at his table and dine. What an amazing thing. They looked at each other like, This is real. This is real. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. Again, the brothers, again, when they were presented with judgment, all they could think of was their guilt. All they could think of was to plead their own case before God, before the Lord. Their past was swirling around them. It was haunting them. And the steward, the servant of the house, his part was to aid them in being reconciled to the Lord. Again, it's similar to the ministry that you and I have today as the ministers of reconciliation. He assured the brothers that God had intervened, and to them, more than they had deserved was given treasure, more than they had even for themselves. Even and especially this opportunity to dine with the Lord that they actually had offended. They didn't even know at the time. Again, it's the same thing for us today. Please listen, if you've not entered into a relationship with God through faith in Christ, He's wanting, He's wanting you to come today. It's as simple as surrendering your life to Him. Asking Him to forgive you. Asking Him to save you. And entrusting your life, not to what you want to do anymore or what the world tells you to do or what your, your flesh is pulling you to do, but it's a surrender to Him as Lord of your life, accepting Him as Savior. And the moment you do that, as we read a while ago, there's a change that happens, a new creation. You become new. Old things are past. All of your past sins, all of the offenses, all of everything is washed away and cleansed, and you're invited into the very chamber. Of God to dine with him. Today can be that day, and I'm begging you let it be that day. Maybe you say, like the brothers, I've done too much wrong. I've done too bad, as I said a while ago. I'm unworthy. God won't accept me. I need to get myself better before I do. It's not what the brothers did, that's nowhere in Scripture. Come as you are. He does the fixing, He does the cleaning. You can't do it. You're unrighteous if you're without Christ. You come to him and he does that work in your life. That's why it's important to come today. He's calling you to come and dine with him. The sacrificial lamb has already been slain. It's already been sacrificed so that you can enter in today. You don't deserve it. No. But neither did I and neither does anybody else in this place. It's the beauty of grace and reconciliation. He became sin for us who knew no sin. The Bible said, child of God, you've been reconciled. I've been reconciled. Let's not forget the great honor it is to be in the family of God. Sometimes let's just take the moment to to look at each other in amazement that we're in the presence of God. But let's not stay there. It's a great privilege to be the servant at the door, beckoning others to come in, telling others of what's already been done on their behalf. The question this morning for us is, have we forgotten to rejoice in the fact that we've been reconciled? And we were singing this morning and people were pouring out their praise. And, and part of it was through hurt, and part of it was through just praising God in the herd and the struggle. And, and in the moment, and again, I believe the Lord moving and stuff like that. But some people were so thankful that they were reconciled, that they were children of God and could call out to him and praise him. Man, maybe you've lost that. Maybe you've forgotten you've been reconciled to God. Maybe you've forgotten the humbling reality that God has entrusted you to be a minister of reconciliation. The servant in the study could have shied away. He could have said, no, not me. But he didn't. He boldly spoke of what God had done on their behalf to make that opportunity possible. Let's be faithful to the ministry of reconciliation. I want to ask you if you... uh, have not entered into that relationship with God through faith in Christ. I was talking to you all ago. If you want to say, you know what, I want that. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. I want my sins forgiven. I want to have eternal life. I'm asking you to come forward this morning. We're going to, not right now, but we're going to, we're going to pray and we're going to have an invitation. And there's going to be a couple of gentlemen down here. I ask you to come down. Talk to them. Say, I want that. I want to be forgiven. I want eternal life. Let them show you more in God's word what that means. They'll take you aside. If you're a lady and you're like, that's uncomfortable with your guys, we have some ladies that the ladies can show you. But don't let today pass you by without being reconciled to God. You say, well, I'll do that right here. You can do it right there in your seat. If you already know what to do, you can call it to God. You can do it right there in your seat. If you do that, again, like we said, fill that card out and let somebody know because we want to minister to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, to be in your house today. Thank you for this message. Uh, Lord, it's, it's such a help and encouragement, also a, a, a challenge for me, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for giving this, this message to our church, Lord, to remind us how, how much we should be rejoicing the fact that you've reconciled us to you as your people, that you've made a way for those who aren't reconciled to, to come still. And Again, if there's somebody like that today, that I pray that you'd just move on their heart, that they wouldn't s- stay there in their seat but they would come forward and they say, I I want to be saved, I want to be forgiven, I want to be reconciled. God, we can show them what you've done even further. Lord, I pray you would just help us as Christians not only rejoice in that reconciliation we have, but you would also help us remember the humbling reality that we are reconciled and we have this privilege to help others be reconciled to you. And help us be faithful to carry out that ministry, Lord. I ask you to move now in Jesus' name. Amen.